Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ishwarya, your host for this episode. And I'm Aryan. Before we start the case for today, we want all of you to go over to our Patreon and subscribe for amazing exclusive features like merch, awesome extra episodes, early access episodes, video calls with us, and more. To help the podcast out and to avail these benefits, go to www.patreon.com/desicrime and select a tier that works best for you. What started off as a standalone episode has now become a series that our listeners just absolutely love. And so given this series success, welcome back to another episode of Chai and Chitti. Alright Aran so it was Thanksgiving yesterday firstly happy thanksgiving to you happy thanksgiving to all our listeners whether or not they celebrate it but uh, what were you up to what did you do I don't know what thanksgiving is uh, I know what black friday <laughs> is uh, and I bought myself a ton of things um nice. but no I had, I had a great thanksgiving with my buddy in North Carolina we went fishing ate the you know annual turkey that you eat it was a, it was a great one week uh Uh, how was your thanksgiving oh it was incredible i spent time with my boyfriend's family um we had the regular thanksgiving turkey as well which i was eating for the very first time we had like six mm. kinds of desserts there were so many yep. people in the house we played family feud it was so much fun i had a great time but i think this specific thanksgiving i want to tell our listeners that what i am at least most thankful for is you all the love and support that you give us what you've brought this podcast into what you've turned it into was what aryan and i had dreamed of many many years ago and so happy thanksgiving to you and the same message from my end to be able to be an avid listener of podcasts but also be a podcaster myself is something you guys have you know manifested for us and we are indebted to you forever and your love and support means the world to us so Thank you on this Thanksgiving from the Desi Crime team. All right, with that, we have the stories for you all mm-hmm. lined up. <laughs> this first story is kind of on the shorter end of all the stories we received, but reading it, I had chills down my spine, so I knew there was something about it that caught my attention and I knew you'd all love it as well. So, let's begin. The email says, "Hello Ashwarya and Aryan. Firstly, I love your podcast." It's so good with so many O's. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> I randomly found your podcast when you had just released the honeymoon murder episode, and ever since then, I'm hooked. Thank you for the best Indian true crime podcast and for being the true crime junkies with those amazing episodes every week. Okay, let's get into the story. This is my grandfather's story. He was a postman and he was in his late 40s. He used to work all day in the post office and went out to give the letters or the mail in the evening. Like every day he went on his cycle to deliver the letters to villages nearby. To get to those villages you had to cross a small bridge which went over a lake and after a kilometer you would reach those villages. 
He handed out the letters all evening and was on his way back home around 7 p.m. It had become pretty dark already as it was winter. As he came near the bridge, he saw an old man sitting on the side of the bridge. My grandfather slowed down his cycle to look at who the old man was as it was dark and he couldn't make out who he was. All he could see was a silhouette of an old man crouching down with a rug around his body, a typical old man you would find in a village. My grandfather asked the old man, "Who are you and what are you doing alone on this bridge?" The old man replied, "Hey postman, wouldn't you share that sweet in your pocket with me?" My grandfather's heart sank, <laughs> realizing how would the old man know about the sweet in the pocket on his shirt? He picked up the pace on his cycle and tried to get away from that place. As he cycled, he felt like someone was sitting behind him and had put their arms on his shoulder. Then he heard someone whisper, "Hey postman, wouldn't you share that sweet with me?" My grandfather suddenly threw the sweet from his pocket and made a run for it. He said that he couldn't sleep for a week and then he stopped going out in the evening to deliver the mail. That bridge still remains. I hope no old man is sitting on it every time I pass the bridge. Thank you. Gratefully yours. C. Oh my god. That is insane. Right? There's something about creepy old people and creepy children that is terrifying. Like middle-aged ghosts aren't scary. <laughs> It's those on the extremes of the age spectrum which are Terrifying. I, I think creepy kids are still take the cake. They are the creepiest. Oh, absolutely! Scary balloons, scary clowns, like scary. Do you know? I actually laughter. have a fear of clowns. I I genuinely so have do a fear I. of clowns. If someone ever wants to throw me a birthday party, the worst practical prank to play is to actually get me a clown on that party. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I'm not that scared. Okay, please. <laughs> anyway, so the second story we have for you guys today is one I picked especially for you Ashwara because I thought it's going to pique your interest more than anybody else's. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> it, it kind of falls in line with this old creepy person, you know, theme that we've found ourselves in. Awesome. So, here goes. First of all, all my love goes to you guys. Aryan and Ashwara, I'm so in love with your podcast and your YouTube channel. Thank you so much. Love the love keep it coming. The story I'm telling you is an experience of years of hauntings which I thought weren't a standalone episode. I'm assuring that nothing is a lie and I'm not at all exaggerating it. Let me just say this Ashwara, whenever I tell a story I'm about to exaggerate, that's usually the preface I give as well. <laughs> no, we believe you writer, whoever you are, I believe you. Whoever you are, we believe you, yeah. <laughs> so, it was around the time I was 6. I was a really troublesome kid back then and loved to just jump around. My family used to visit the village frequently because me and my grandparents loved it back there. In our village we have two houses. Two because well I had two great grandfathers who built two houses for their respective families. I loved to visit the house of my other great grandfather which was just beside ours. And the visit I had when I was 6 was just the same. going to the house of my kaka as we called my great grandfather's younger brother and just throwing some tantrums around i happened to meet an old woman in the backyard of that house she introduced herself as my great grandmother also called aya i knew that my great grandmother used to live with kaka so i wasn't really surprised but i was slightly conscious cuz well i had never seen her before 
maybe the innocence one has as a child prodded me to talk to her and eventually i felt really comfortable because the love of grandparents and great grandparents is just so comforting it happened in many visits that i met her and enjoyed talking but when i became 8 she just seemed to disappear like i never met her after that Now in the year of 2018 in the month of April my younger brother happened to get a hold of our old family album it was basically the album of my parents wedding and we decided to go through it because it was the day of my parents marriage anniversary going through all those photos i saw a photo which was grainy it had an old woman smiling and holding a handful of dal or lentils i knew it was my great grandmother from the very first glance of that photo Curiosity got the best out of me and I decided to inquire my grandmother about it so that I can meet my Aya wherever she lived now or maybe at least know if she died when I turned 8. I wish I never asked her about this. I ran with the photo to my grandmother and asked her if in fact that it was my great grandmother. She said yes but was surprised on how I knew this. I know exactly what's going to happen. I'm terrified already. <laughs> because she had never shown me a photo of my great grandmother and neither had my parents or anyone from my family i told her i met her many times back in the visits to our village when i was around 6 and 8 my grandmother immediately got hold of my hand took me to the kitchen she got a hold of a dried red chili and did some ritual which involved her rotating the chili around me clockwise while murmuring something under her breath She then burned the red chili as I watched it all silently. A few moments later, I amassed the courage and asked her what the hell was going on. What she said was the unimaginable and it froze me at that moment. Quote, your great-grandmother had died a year before your birth, beta. Whatever you saw back in the village, only God knows. End quote. That's the story, Ashwara. Oh my god. Another scary old person. But with a family member, you can perhaps hope that it was a nice spirit coming to visit you, maybe. I don't know about that. To me, if a creepy old person is scary enough, a blood relative who's the creepy old person is even scarier. Even scarier. I wonder though why this person stopped making an appearance exactly when our writer turned 8. I'm a little curious I, about that. I am not interested in finding out. <laughs> we can move to the next story. I have no interest in pondering over this. Before we move on to the next story, you guys, I had a request for you all. If you all have stories of your childhood imaginary friends that were perhaps creepy, send in those stories specifically. I've mm. had a couple. I'd like to have an episode where we just sit and talk about childhood imaginary creepy friends. But by, by we you mean you. Oh yeah, me. I've definitely <laughs> had a couple creepy ones. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next story. The email starts by saying, "Hey Aryan and Ishwarya, hope you guys are doing well." Honestly, I wasn't a big fan of listening to podcasts until I came across yours. The Kolkata House of Horror was the first ever podcast that got me hooked to your Desi Crime podcast, and there you go. Now I'm a crazy member of your Desi Crime family. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that's Ayan's that. episode, and that's very sweet. Thank you so much. We're very happy you're a part of our family now. Now coming to the story. This is perhaps the only incident that made me believe in the existence of paranormal activities. 
this is the story of my cousin's sister who for her higher studies had shifted to the capital city of Bhubaneswar. She was an extremely study conscious person and was determined to score well no matter what. Hence even after several denials from her parents, she insisted on having a single room for herself with no one to disturb her. Now I know you guys might be thinking that taking up a single room isn't a big deal but let me tell you guys here for a girl living in a room with six other people is more acceptable than living alone in dorms and hostels you know the safety concerns and all so coming back to the story she had finally shifted there and everything was going on well until it was the time of her first semester exams she used to stay up late preparing for her papers However, on one such night, something happened which has changed her life completely. It was around 11 that night she sat down to study. It was the mid of May, so it was too hot around this time of the year. Around 12:30, she felt kind of suffocated in the room, so she went up to her window to open it. Now I feel the necessity to describe the placement of things in her room for a better understanding. There was only one window in her room. The bed and her desk were placed laterally to the window, the head side of the bed facing the window. Coming back to the story, she felt a little better after opening the window and continued with her studies. After about 10 minutes, she felt a sudden gush of cool air through her window with the sound of a lady screaming. She was shocked and turned up to see if she could find someone in need, but there was no one. This time she was a little freaked out and hesitantly went back to her desk. Again after a while she heard the same lady screaming but this time a more clear and nearer cry. She was too stunned to turn back. In less than a minute she heard her bed creaking as if someone was crawling on it up to her. This time she turned back in a haste and fainted. She was found unconscious in her room the next morning. Till date she can't remember exactly what she saw when she had turned back. Well, the story doesn't end here. Of course it doesn't. The next morning her parents were phoned and they were asked to take my cousin back for a few days since she was found suffering from a very high fever and was even unable to speak anything out of shock. They brought her back home. After a day or two she was back to good health but her behavior remained quite strange. However, my uncle and aunt aka her parents didn't seem to care too much about that. They were in relief that she was doing okay. Moreover, there was a huge puja coming up and the preparations for it at their place had already begun. Now I was there at that place on the very day of that puja and I was completely aware of all of these incidents that had happened to her in a couple of days. Honestly I could feel a kind of negative vibe around her. I felt suffocated and couldn't talk to her properly even if I wanted to. It was time of the puja already. Every one of the family was there next to the havan kund for the puja except my cousin who claimed to have a very bad headache. The priest then started chanting and humming the hymns for the rituals. It was in less than a minute when everyone was there at the puja including the priest himself that everyone was left appalled with a shrill and loud cry of pain coming from the room my cousin was in We rushed over to see what had happened and I swear I will never forget what I had seen 
She was on the bed, growling and crying with her hair down her face. She was grabbing the ends of the bed sheets and screaming as if she was in a lot of pain. She then got down the bed with a jump and lifted the bed from her side. Now to tell you my cousin was a very thin and slender girl hardly weighing around 40 kgs by that time and seeing her lift a bed which was almost triple her weight gave me chills Ashwara that sounds like something right out of the first bhool bhulaiya if you remember That's that exactly movie. what I was thinking when I heard this story that is terrifying that movie said Funnily enough bhool bhulaiya bhool bhulaiya for all its comedic components with Akshay Kumar was in my opinion one of the scariest films purely because Bollywood of how young I was when I watched it 100% no I agree Yeah This story doesn't end here Aran The priest then sprinkled some holy water on her and she fell on the floor unconscious. The priest later told us she was possessed with some negative energy of a lady and performed some puja to cast the spirit out of her body. She was fine later. Honestly, I still can't believe what I had experienced that day. My cousin is fine today, but she never went back to that very room where she stayed back then. Years later, we found out that the place on which that building was built was a cremation ground initially this is all true i swear thanks for reading this guys excuse my grammatical errors no this was fantastically written ps i genuinely love your podcast and don't worry you will never lose me as a fan <laughs> i i that was a great story i will say this this is something i've thought about yes the this building was built on a cremation ground plot You know, the, the universe or at least the earth is old enough for everything to be built on a cremation ground if you know whether it was a thousand year old cremation ground or everything to some extent is a cremation ground in my opinion no 100% i agree with that and i feel like whenever we experience any of these paranormal incidents which i feel like every human through the course of their life will at some point experience something they can't fully make sense of hmm. we as humans have the tendency to try and make sense of it and something like yeah, the yeah, building yeah. being built on a cremation ground gives us some sort of an explanation for what we experienced whether or not it's true obviously we'll never know this right or we'll never know but it's one explanation all right and that brings us to the final story of the day right yes it does Hello Ishwara Narayan. I'm Sakina. <laughs> I'm from Nagpur, Maharashtra. Just like Ishwara, I too have a fair amount of horror incidents in my life. Nice. I'm going to narrate a few. These are 100% true. My family and I have experienced these firsthand. Uh, again, that is something Ishwara I would say if I'm going to exaggerate, but I believe Sakina, okay? Ignore Aryan Sakina. I believe you. I know I'm saying I believe her. <laughs> Go on. My family and I lived in my grandfather's house since the beginning but in 2005 my parents decided they wanted to demolish the house and build a new one on that land so we moved out of said house and rented a flat just a block away from it I was around 6 years old at the time but I remember every detail of that house even now It was a building with one flat on each floor We were on the first floor and second and third floor were vacant We were the only ones in that whole building Our flat just had a hall with a balcony. The bathroom and kitchen were outside near the stairs. The first few months after we moved were normal and quite busy, but after a while we or rather my mother started experiencing some unexplained things around the house. At first these were subtle things like stuff switching places around the house and lights getting switched on and off on their own. 
yeah normal things right ashwarya normal things you know just <laughs> lights getting on and off on their own pretty normal can't wait for what's next the first floor landing stairs were wooden so sometimes we used to hear the sound of someone climbing up the stairs but when we went to go and look there would be no one the one incident that i remember vividly is when all four of us that is my father mother my brother and i were sleeping on the floor in the hall it was around 12:30 at night my parents were talking about something and my brother and i were listening silently at one point my mother expressed her wish to hear a particular religious chant on our tape recorder which my father inherited from his grandfather after a few quiet moments we heard a familiar click of a button a tape being inserted and again a click and the same religious chant started playing from that tape recorder we didn't give much thought about it and all four of us quietly listened to the whole of it after it ended again a click and silence my mother finally spoke to thank my father for getting up and playing that tape my father got confused he sat up and told us it wasn't him who got up and put the tape in he also recalled that the tape recorder was broken and beyond repair jeez we all sat up and turned on the lights my father got up to check which tape was in the recorder but the slot was empty We still have the tape recorder and my father did everything to get that to play again but it hasn't played any tape since that day. None of us slept that night. You all would be thinking who did that? Well, I know that because my mother did see the entities living there. One day during our third year of living in that house, my mother was napping. She suddenly woke up as she heard a knock on the door. She sat up, looked at the door and she saw two people. a man and a woman in their mid 30s in all white garments my mother very calmly asked them who they were and what they wanted they told her their names which i don't remember and they told her their story there was a maternity clinic next to the building we were living in and this lady was admitted there as she was pregnant and was in her first trimester one night few ward boys raped her and she lost her child She couldn't bear that trauma and she committed suicide right there in that clinic by hanging. Her husband who came in the morning got the news and was so devastated that he too hanged himself right in that room. The owner of that clinic didn't want unnecessary attention from the police or the media so he shut up the case by offering money to anyone who asked. He also shut down and demolished the clinic and sold the land. The person who bought that land made an office building in that place and that very building shared the same wall to the building we lived in. My mother told them that we are just there temporarily and we will leave once our house is built. The lady told my mother that they will let us live there peacefully as long as we want to only if she spreads their story and let people know what happened to them. My mother promised them and they vanished. and my mother did as she promised she told our landowners our neighbors and other members of our community we stayed there till 2009 and then moved in our new house that building stood tall and vacant till a few months back when someone else bought it and demolished it to build a go down the world might forget about the couple and their story but my family will never ever get over what happened to them sorry for any grammatical mistakes and i hope fingers crossed My story gets featured on your special episode. Thank you so much for reading. And Ashwarya, the final sentence which usually is not a scary sentence 
it's the final sentence that scared me more than anything. I am just acting on what my mother promised. That is deeply gut-wrenching and heartwarming yeah. and scary at the same time. And because technically, if the story is true, we are conduits for the ghosts to spread their story. Exactly. So, you know, I hope the story is true because it means a lot for us to, you know, make the ghosts feel better. Pass on their message. <laughs> Well, that's the final story of the day, I guess. Yes, it is. And with that, we have come to the end of yet another Chai and Chitti episode. We will wait for the multitude of many, many emails we are yet to get. Keep in mind, I am looking out for all of your stories about your creepy childhood imaginary friends that all your parents told you were imaginary, but you believe you saw them. And with that, we will see you all again in next week's episode. Till then, stay safe, stay crazy, and stay desi.